your DMV before. You want to see a lack of urgency? This is what naturally happens to human beings. It's just it's innate. We slow down to a glacial pace unless there are people who are going to drive tempo and pace and intensity and urgency. That's what leaders need to do because people naturally slow down. They're like, I need to be here anyway. So, and their mind is wandering off on their next vacation or what they're going to do on the weekends. And if you need to set high focus, high intensity, high preoccupation with what we're doing. People don't even ask me, what's the message of your book? And I'm like, read the title. Okay. Just <laughs> put. <laughs> That is the message. Look, there is, a, there is an X factor. There's an enormous amount of room in the margin that is right under your notes, okay? And you have the opportunity to take it up in the next meeting, in the next podcast, in the next email, in the next Slack message. You can take it up. You can push the urgency. You can push the standards, right? You can push the alignment, right? You have all these opportunities. Are you taking them? That is Frank Slootman, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm Matt Parker, host of the Stretch 4 podcast, which you're listening to right now. Also founder, CEO of Modern Tax, where it is the best place on the Internet to get access to alternative data on non-public entities. On the Stretch 4 podcast, what we do is we try to take a inside baseball approach to the venture back industrial complex. And we try to do that from a founder. So I'm a founder, not a VC actually look at it from the so I typically am on the side of the founder and what the founder is trying to do and what they're trying to accomplish. But we try to take two steps beyond what the mainstream media is going to present to you. Try to look at things like how did how founders manage their health? How do they manage their money? How do they start and grow a family, right? You start a company, you get married, you have kids, your life changes, but you still are on this trajectory of trying to find an exit or find and land, trying to land your plan in a substantial way to return capital to your investors, do well on an exit. So this show is not particularly just about general entrepreneurship or leadership or building companies, but it's about all encompassing life of being a founder and what that entails. The reason we think about the venture capital as this industrial complex is because there's so many arms and legs and different pockets of the actual industry, right? When I started my first company, Back in 2017, and I went out. I moved out to the to the valley to raise venture capital. I had no idea how a venture capital fund works and how they actually distribute capital to founders, or really all the stats and data that we learn now on who actually gets funded and where the money actually goes and what happens in a secondary or a shutdown or a bankruptcy. Or all we see is the glitz and glamour of these big, large institutional rounds where we don't really see what's happening behind the scenes. And so my whole goal with this podcast is to unlock that for the next wave of founders, as well as the current founders who maybe aren't so holistic about thinking about their diet, their health, their nutrition, their family, how they manage their money, but they're all obsessive on their company and their product. So we try to get into that. So definitely subscribe, comment on our feed. We're on Spotify, we're at Apple, we're on YouTube. And so these are all founder learnings. And really, a lot of it is related to me. I'm the host. I do have guests on the show occasionally, but sometimes I do freestyle and I do go on my own, which I'm doing today on we have for today. So this episode, I want to unpack a little bit about what I shared in the show with Frank Slootman. Also want to get into Kids Corner where I pull some content from all 
George's podcast. Paul George, NBA All-Star with the Los Angeles Clippers, has a podcast, P, Playoff P, all the nicknames he's encompassed. He's really rolling with it. And I think he has the best NBA podcast out. And he actually had Draymond Green on his show this week. Lots of great gems on that show, but particularly want to talk about the fatherhood stuff that Draymond was talking about is I think it correlates a lot to the founder journey and how you want to think about it as you become a parent, parent times one, soon to be a parent times two, wifey just moved into the third trimester, which is crazy to me, but it is the reality. Other side of that, there's also some content I want to share from LinkedIn, Jordan Nichols, who's someone I've actually met a couple times. He has been in the fintech ecosystem. Now he works at Google. He is actually became a dad as well and had a very interesting, some interesting insights around parenting that some I agree with, some I don't. I think what we've seen in the the high performance industry of entrepreneurship, all this stuff, daddy content is getting hot, right? And so I actually like sharing my insights. I don't know if it'll ever be successful as far as will people, do people care? But it is very interesting to see so much daddy comment content being proliferated where I think in my position, Being a father is obviously an engaging, great experience, but it's also a very thankless experience. And so you have to wrap your mind around the fact that a lot of what you do as a parent and a lot of the reason I think we as men are so much more immersed with work is because it's something that we can actually possibly control where parenting and fatherhood and husbandry is something that's a lot of times out of our control. So get into that post, get the things about it, the bad things about it, and then Obviously, I'm not at the NBA Summer League, like, unfortunately, I would say. I, I definitely think I want to try to make that a annual event. I'm on the West Coast. It's only a couple-hour flight from from SF. But I think as an NBA nerd now, someone who never played in the NBA but did play basketball competitively from the time I was 6 to the time I was 22, I went to my first Summer League last year. And, man, I was blown away by just the opportunities and just everything that happens there, right? Like, from the good and the bad, right? You see it all. And we already see it happening with Britney Spears and Victor Winyama, the whole incident. That's just nasty stuff. But unfortunately, I'm not out there. My friend is out there. He's going to be partying with Michael Rubin tomorrow. Going to be missing out on that. But other than that, I'm here in the Bay and I said the weather is always never perfect in San Francisco in July. And we've got another non-perfect weather month going, but it is what it is. So stay tuned to the podcast. Looking forward to the show. Also, just a note here, I'm the CEO of a company called Modern Tax, where we build products, services, and tools for businesses to access data and information on non-public entities. So speaking of Michael Rubin, who just had a big party last week, he's having another party this week, paid his money, sold his first company to eBay back in the early 2000s, and he started Fanatics, and Fanatics is a private company. A lot of people question, when will it become public? And it's privately valued at around $31 billion, and they're reporting about $3.2 billion in revenue. Modern Tax is built for companies trying to understand and get better insights into non-public companies. Public companies are very well documented. They all have to put out public reports, reports, quarterly reports. They have tons of research analysis, just combing through that data all day, all the time, trying to make money. Non-public entities is not the same. But we, as Modern Tax, are a company that is classified in the data, in the alternative data space, trying to access alternative data on non-public entities and make it presentable for businesses to use for any types of process. And one that we're starting to think about a lot more is marketing. So if you are a marketer or a salesperson or doing any kind of business-to-business relationship where 
accessing alternative data on your potential customers is something you'd be interested in, shoot me an email, matt at moderntax.io, and I'd love to have a conversation with you about that use case to see if modern tax is a useful way for you to get this alternative data and apply it to your business to drive revenue, to drive sales, and to drive marketing campaigns. Without further ado, let's get into the show. Picking, backing off the Frank Slootman segment that I started the show with, really trying times for a lot of founders right now. And obviously, a lot of that information that you get and a lot of the inspiration and the amp it up mentality is hard to do in the trenches. But I do believe that it's super critical to have this attitude. And I'm really picking up on now as a leader of people in company, you have to have this amped up attitude, right? I start to see how everything's connected, right? If I wake up in the morning, I have a good day, I have a cup of coffee, some water, I get a workout in, I spend time with my son, I go to work, I have a team meeting. The biggest issue though is like burnout is real, right? It's July, people on vacation. I'm six years into the startup grind across really three pivots in one company. And so there's a real attitude of people just being dejected. But part of your job as a founder is to stay amped up. Part of your job is to push and inspire other people. And also a part of your job is to have hard conversation. And so this week for me, as our company goes through another transition, we have to, I have to be very much, very, (laughs) no pun intended, with my team on how we're approaching things, how we're approaching our goals, what the customers are asking for versus what we're building, and how are we aligning that to a T. Remote work makes it very difficult. Right now, I'm a fairly remote, we're a remote team and we want to move back together, but it's very hard logistically. You having to do things remotely, right? It's failed us a bit. And I think not just in my experience, I talked to a lot of other founders and remote work really does suck because you're behind this Zoom experience all the time. It's harder to close deals and communicate with people. People don't really know who you really are in person. I see this a lot of times when I go to conferences or industry events and I meet people who I've only met online. I'm a six, seven black guy. And when people see me, they don't really think that I'm that tall and maybe I don't project myself, but it's very hard to project yourself on Zoom. And so a lot of times people are different than what they are in person. And another part of running an engineering, having an engineering aspect, being a technology company, we're a data company. It's harder to ship features. It's harder to track refactoring of code. It's harder to communicate with your team what the vision is. And so that is a very important part of the job that I think a lot of founders just miss out on. And so my learnings is apply these, apply a lot of this thinking to your life, right? The start right? book by Simmons that I'm reading through right now and the start with why everything you do, right? And why are you doing Why do you have to have this attention to detail? And why do you have to have these hard conversations? And that's a real reality for me right now as a founder and having to understand how my team thinks of me and how they, how they look at me. But I really do believe that as a founder, you have to put people in place that can support you practically because your vision as a founder, while you're, you think you could ship every feature, you think you could deliver all these things, you could close every deal. You have, you want to communicate perfectly, succinctly, have all the details down. And the reality is you need people to actually go out and deliver on the vision. 
And you need to identify those right people. So I want to give a quick excerpt from that Start With Why book that I thought is a very true explanation of how this works. And it talks a bit about a specific person in the Martin Luther King camp that was actually making things happen. It is at this level that the majority of employees sit and where all tangible stuff actually happens. I have a dream and he has a plan. Dr. King said he had a dream and he inspired people to make his dream their own. What Ralph Abernathy led the movement was something else. He knew what it would take to realize that dream and he showed people how to do it. He gave the dream structure. Dr. King spoke about the philosophical implications of the movement, while Abernathy, Dr. King's one-time mentor, long-time friend, and financial secretary and treasurer of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, would help people understand the specific steps they needed to take. Now, Abernathy would tell the audience, after a rousing address by Dr. King, let me tell you what this means for you tomorrow morning. Dr. King was the leader, but he didn't change America alone. Though Dr. King inspired the movement to actually move people requires organizing. As is the case with almost all great leaders, there were others around Dr. King who knew better how to do it. For every great leader, for every Y type, there is an inspired how type or group of how types who take the intangible cause and build the infrastructure that can give it life. That infrastructure is what usually makes any measurable change or success possible. So that is a point is like the infrastructure that you're building at your company in all of your organizations have to have a design to have people in place to carry that baton, to make that flag stand, to have those hard conversations. And as a CEO, as an early stage company, you have to have that conversation with your lead engineer, with your lead marketer, with your lead designer, or whoever you're talking to. And you got to put them in place to actually go out and deliver on your vision. And that is, I think, what Frank Zuckman is trying to communicate is that as a CEO, it's his job to fill those people up with energy to go execute and deliver and build a product. And that's a super critical point for a lot of founders. Moving on to the kids' corner, listening to a podcast this week. Again, Paul George is a very good podcast, actually. It seems like there's overkill in podcasts as a podcaster myself. It's way too many podcasts. But I do believe that there are podcasts that are new that are really good. And I think Paul George's podcast is really good. And so I want to play for you a quick segment from that podcast. The context is Draymond Green and Paul George are sitting down with a recently drafted rookie out of UCLA to the Miami Heat. And the, the rookie is just asking them questions on what they learn. And this is just something that Draymond Green was answering when it talked about how does he get his mind off basketball? How does he stay grounded? How does he stay true to himself through all the pressure and all the things that come with being an NBA basketball player? And I think this correlates a lot to being a founder and running a high-performance venture-backed, high-stakes like many of us are doing when we're raising venture and they also give me a perspective and a purpose. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, just the perspective, man, these, like, you play a million games and you want to win, but you also understand that it's not the end of the world. Yeah. But, like, life is going to go on. And there are more important things going on in life or on a daily basis than if you won or lost a game. And, like, my kids will always remind me of that because when you walk in the house, and, like, they're all over me. Like, I just hit the game winner in game seven of the NBA Finals, and we just lost by 40. But, like, that that to them meant nothing. Or on the flip side, have a great game, and we win, and we beat somebody by 40. And, like, you walk in the house, and they're like, where you been at? Yeah. So actually, I just won a game and killed, killed these people, and that's that don't matter to them. So I think just having that perspective and purpose from my family is huge for me. Yeah. 
a kids and and I, for me one thing for me i having kids i'm in 30s a little bit older than draymond but learning the amount of activity and energy you need to keep up also my kids are like is my son is only 16 months so it is a very much a race <laughs> right you don't think life is a race until you have that young infant that's really up every morning on average at 6 12 so if i'm not 30, 45 minutes, an hour ahead of him. I'm running to just get him up, get him fed, get him changed. And then when I come home, depending on how my day went, could have went well, it could have went bad, could have went terrible. There's really just balanced layer of feeling. And so that actually is something that as a parent, I embrace. Don't, I think as a founder, we are against the bar, right? It is about our next round. It is about our next month of revenue and like what our valuation be? And did we get that hire that we wanted? And did we close that deal? It is very much a game. It is very much a scoreboard. But it is important to have that foundation and principle of what you're doing. The other part of that is, I think, is a way you take this too far. Talk about if you're watching this, pull a LinkedIn post. And this is Jordan Nichols' first, con- first connection on LinkedIn, someone I've known and I've had a conversation with he, he actually posted this, so I want to read it. Where have I been? Where have I been? TLDR, being a dad. The long version below. I spent my time in the Bay making aggressive career moves, a brand and overall working as fast as I could to move up the food chain with an eye on leadership. Then I had a son. And it slowly became clear that what made me happy and where I wanted to spend my time, the vast majority of my emotional investment in any free time was at home with my wife and son. To take it a step further, Time for my wife and son came downright painful. Working a Saturday and/or a Sunday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. wasn't sitting in front of a football game. wasn't just sitting in front of a football game while working on the laptop. It meant my wife also works full time. Was 100% mommy duty. It meant I was missing memories with my son during his first steps, first words, first time tasting new food, and all the other first. Worst of all, I realized that when I was there, I wasn't really there. I was on my phone. I was, I was I was stressed. I was thinking about the work I wasn't doing or game planning for work I wasn't or I was going to do later. So I made a change. Career acceleration, personal branding, responding to outreach, chasing opportunities that would generate more time away from my family. These things all took a backseat. Do I still handle business at work and strive to be a top performer? Absolutely. But family is number one. We couldn't be happier. And it finishes it off. And so my whole perspective on this is I agree with 85% of what's going on here. I, I understand it. And anything I do, recording this podcast, I'm away from my son. I won't have good sound quality if I was with my son. Is There are these sacrifices that you make. But I do want to pinpoint probably the 15% that I think a lot of this type of stuff misses, right, in the ecosystem. And it's very it, and a cliche to type post this content. Because we're in this like grand stage of people just being themselves again. So we mentioning earlier, remote work has changed the way a lot of people think about work. I will say that as a parent dad, we do have to realize the thankless job that we're participating in being a parent. I think about this a lot and why many of us men particularly are driven by money and success because it sometimes feels like the only thing we have any kind of potential to control. It's easy to throw up that number that you're bringing home and you're working because as a parent, as a father, as a husband, those are, there's so many things out of your control. 
And I think a lot of people beat themselves up when they are away or when they're not as present or when they aren't doing well parenting with their spouse. When my son was born, he was born five weeks ahead of his due date. And I woke up at 12 a.m. when my wife was complaining about pains. And less than 24 hours later, I was a father in the world. We spent three weeks back and forth to the hospital in the NICU. The first few months of sleep training for an infant are difficult. Even 16 months in, I still don't really have a consistent, normal sleep schedule or sleep cycle. And then as a man, you're actually carrying, you're not actually carrying a child. My wife's now going through our second pregnancy, and it's a lot more difficult for her than it was for the first. But as a man, I'm really out of touch with that experience. I don't feel that pain. I don't know the difficulties and emotions that she's having with pregnancy. And then once the child comes, I'm not experiencing the full postpartum part of that. These are factors that many times are out of control. And then that doesn't even put in the financial strain that it can cause to have a child when you're not fully prepared, which is why we talk a lot about on this podcast about what do you think about childcare? How do you set it up? When you raise money, how much are you going to pay yourself? There's a lot of helplessness about fatherhood. And I don't think it's wrong. I think a lot of fathers are trying to do the best that, that they can. A lot of moms are doing best that they can as well. But I do think there is a recognition that being a dad is a thankless is a thankless job in the world of our ecosystem. Because a lot of times you see the work that fathers put in. It doesn't even get acknowledged at the end of the road. I was watching the NBA draft a couple of weeks ago. The NBA, which is really this super fascinating game. You're talking about being at the NBA. Like when you go to these things, like when you go see these drafts and these players, and I have friends that are working around the world, the dads are typically in the back. And you already see that early because a child is going to always attract to their mother just by nature. But 20 years ago, a lot of the NBA draft picks were coming from single parent homes, broken homes, homes where the dad wasn't around. And when you look at it now, you see a lot, you see a lot more two parent household kids and you see a lot more affluent or upper middle class families, but you still see the same kind of story being told around my mom was the one. My mom let it all. I think a lot of times we see that's why thankfulness is a lot of times the father, even from the media portrayal, isn't even pushed to the front forefront. We even look at it with successful parenting. And I think that's one of the reasons that people really enjoy Will Smith's movie around Venus and Serena. When we think about sports is it impacted just the persistence of the fatherhood and like set goals, the front strong positions he took on how he raised his daughters. And I think a lot of that gets missed in this ecosystem of being present. And when you get posts like this, which I get, but you got to talk about the others. You got to talk about why you want to be around so much. Why it's so critical for you to be involved in your active father, why you need to take time back from work. And then also when you got to get in and grind and you got to let your child know why you work so hard, why you do these things, why you are away from home. Because again, you have to be able to set that boundary with work and family oriented stuff. So critical content. I always try to bring you the best, bring my position on these things. I'd love to know what you think about it as, as I get deeper into this next pregnancy that's going to bring in baby number two. Obviously, this stuff is top of mind for me because it's a lot of the conversations that's happening. Thanks for listening to the show this week. Excited about doing this podcast every week. You guys give me life and give me a lot of feedback and the NBA stuff was something that came from the newsletter and just discovering market of the NBA parenting. It's a big business, but thank you all for listening to the stretch for podcast. I'm your 
host Matt Parker, also founder CEO of Modern Tax, which is bringing to you the best alternative data on non-public entities here in the U.S. That's all for the show today. Live, have a great week and stay cool. I'm out.